0: Welcome to 101, A Beginner's Guide to Life. Today, we'll be exploring how to start producing music. Specifically, we'll be looking into creating beats and electronic music. Our guest today is John Foster. John Foster has been playing music for
1: over a decade, and he has been producing his own beats for the past five years. He's created dozens of tracks, including the one you're hearing right now, and the track that we'll be playing in the outro. If you'd like to hear more of his music, you can check out his SoundCloud link in the description.
0: Hey, John Foster, how are we doing?
2: Hey, what's up? I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah. Thank you for asking. How about y'all?
0: Doing okay, just hanging out. Pretty good. In the house as always, you know. Yeah. Enjoying my uh my quarantine.
2: That's nice. This uh, that's what I've like been doing. This rare occasion though, I am in Hayden's house. Oh.
0: Well, cool. Uh, Well, yeah, we're pumped to get to talk to you about music production. And it's funny because even as a musician, I don't really know anything about music production. So this would be good for me to learn just a little bit about uh, how you got started and how, even though we're related, I don't even know how you got started.
1: I feel like it's also a pretty broad topic in the sense that you could dig into music production from, like, recording a band versus creating beats from scratch.
2: I was already thinking about that. There's, like, two halves to it. That, I don't know. It's, and they're totally different. They're completely different. And when, uh, when did you get started? I've been – I mean, you know, I've been playing drums, like, since I was, like, fifth grade or so. That's, like, 13 years, maybe something like that. And, like like, loosely recording, like, live instruments since then. But I didn't really get into – like having my own software and everything until about five years ago, probably. Um, and I really, I started it just because, I mean, it, it wasn't like anything serious. I just liked rap and I was like, I want to learn how to make like beats like this. So I, uh, I, I met a dude. Uh, he was, he's a friend of a friend and I met him and, and was like, Hey, like, I know that you work on Ableton and you like make electronic music. Can I just like come over to your house and, uh, Uh, learn how to do it and he said yeah and after that I was over at his house like every day for like two and a half years just like asking him questions and like trying to get different softwares from him or plugins or whatever you know just trying to I don't know get more familiar with everything so the first like it started off kind of slow it was like the first two years like I, I was definitely making music but it was it was more just a bunch of practice, you know, like everything that I made in that time was not anything that I would want to put out. It was all just me like clicking things and, and turning knobs and saying, "Hey, what does this do? What does this do?" And also it's weird like trying to familiarize yourself with uh like plugins on a computer screen versus analog instruments and analog plugins you know like like have you ever seen like an audio effects rack before yeah and like yeah like in real life you know like where it's like a big metal case with all those little like they almost look like dvd players they're like slots with with, like a plug-in and it's got all the knobs yeah uh and i don't know that goes into like more into live recording instruments but i don't know
0: jeff foster would you say you are more on the electronic side of things like the more creating beats or would you say you're more live music
2: uh definitely on the electronic side and at this point like within the past like six or seven months or so I've been trying to transition more into live music because I've I've gotten to where I feel kind of limited on the computer you know like part of the reason that I love like making music so much is because it's like a way of connecting with people and whenever I'm doing it like on Ableton on my computer, don't get me wrong. I can make music that I really enjoy and that I think is cool, but then I'm sitting in my room and I'm the only one there to like, listen to it. I'm the only one giving myself like feedback. And uh, also I'm the only one, I'm the one who made all of the, the tracks. I'm the one who put the guitar in there. I'm the one who put the drums in there. I'm the one who put the synth in there, the vocals, whatever. So you lose that, 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 chance to connect with people through making music I feel like so I want to learn how to record more live music simply like because I want more people to be involved
1: and not to mention you're also a drummer and you're also in at least one band that I know of
2: yeah I know
1: and so being able to record your own music would probably be
2: yeah it'd be amazing because like yeah right like in a a month we want to record and uh, uh if it was just vocals then I could do that but I'm not at the position where I could sit down and record a whole band easily. And so it feels kind of silly to me to be someone who's trying to produce music and still have to like, go find a a studio and be like, Hey, like, will you help us record this? But I'm also want to use that as an opportunity to learn more too. Mm. And like kind of watch during the recording process.
0: (laughs) So hopefully since our listeners are joining in, they want to learn about uh, music production or they want to start basically from scratch. So yeah. can you explain, like, what's a plug-in? What does that mean? You're talking about getting a plug-in. Like, what does that look like?
2: Okay, plugins are are audio effects. So, so basically, like, you have plugins and you have instruments. I mean, plugins can be instruments, but I'm, I'm generally talking about audio effects, like reverbs and delays and things like that. And so whatever instrument I have that I recorded on Ableton, it could be like piano, drums, anything. I can drop effects onto that. So, like, I'll, I'll have, like, just a, a dry drum track with no effects on it. It'll just sound like a basic drum kit. But then I can go and put a reverb on it that makes it sound bigger and, like, airier or whatever. And Ableton, whenever you – I mean, I say Ableton because that's the software that I use, but, I mean, anybody, Ableton, Fruit Loops, anything, um, comes with, like, their basic audio effects. But if you want really, like – good stuff you want stuff to sound really really good you normally have to buy plugins which is like a software that you download that like exists inside of whatever DAW you're using and a DAW is DAW digital audio workstation and that's that refers to anything like any software that you're using to make music like Fruity Loops or Ableton or Reason Logic those are all DAWs and plugins are like a, like an audio effect that you download and it exists inside of, um, your DAW. And then you can drag those onto an instrument to use that effect. I don't know. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. Uh,
0: okay. So I'm, I want to backtrack a second. We're like in my zone cause I love music obviously. So, yeah. uh, I wanted to ask you this, who Who is it, like, the, you would say, like, the rappers that inspired you to start making beats?
2: Oh, man. Uh, as far as, like, like, I mean, rappers, like, yeah, but it's more like producers. Like, the dude. I mean, that's because I got really into it because I would hear these rap songs and I would hear the rappers and be like, oh, yeah, like, this is so cool. But then I think about, like, everybody knows that rapper's name. Nobody knows the dude's name who, like, made that beat, you know? And, the, like, to me, that's what made me like the song. So I got like, I started like looking up, I, I would hear a beat and be like, okay, who made this and go and look it up and, and like, try to make beats that sound like that. Like this dude, uh, Shlomo, S-H-L-O-M-O, he was probably the first dude to uh, make me want to make beats. I heard it, this song he has, it's called Hot Boxing the Cockpit. And it sounds like, at the time, it it sounds like nothing I'd ever heard before. And uh, I heard that and I really wanted to make stuff like that. And then, um, but that was like probably two years before I started producing. So that's what put it in my head. And then um, Young Thug dropped his album, Slime Season 3. And I heard the beats on there. And Metro Boomin made those, which is like a big name. Everybody knows that. Uh, But I heard those beats and I was like, okay, like I for real want to do this. And that's when I started uh, meeting up with my friend, Evan. Yeah, I would say Shlomo was the first guy who really, really made me want to make music. And then along with Flying Lotus, Flying Lotus is another guy. These are all guys who really, they don't make rap. They just produce electronic tracks like instrumentals. And then rappers hear them and are like, dang, these are really cool. And they try to collab. So these guys will make like some rap songs and Elite release them as singles. But generally, they're just electronic producers. And those are the kind of guys that... I really listen to like the music that I consume is a lot of like noisy instrumentals with like, I don't know, a lot of sounds that I've never heard before. Uh, Sam. I am is another really cool guy. So I would say Shlomo flying Lotus, Sam. I am. And then as of like recently, like like a year and a half ago, I started listening to JPEG mafia and that's that guy's he's amazing because he's a rapper and producer like he does everything himself and his beats are oh, it's weird because they're like really nasty but they're also so polished like they sound really good and you can hear every specific sound in the song but it still sounds like really noisy and i i think that's impressive to be able to create something like just all over the place but really also like you could tell he put a lot of time into it and he didn't just like bang some instruments and record it through an iPhone. Like it sounds good.
1: Anybody can make a random beat. To yeah. make one that sounds good. Takes a very unique skill.
2: And, uh, and also I think after he released this album, veteran, a lot of people, uh, started paying attention and started trying to ride that wave. And now that kind of music you hear it like all over the place. And I don't know. So that dude is he's on some stuff I pay attention to him a lot
0: it's, it's awesome
2: so
1: what made you pick Ableton as your software as opposed to one of the other ones that you've named
2: okay this is like a, a embarrassing answer kind of but it, it ended up being the right choice I think but like before I ever produced music like I got pretty into Kanye West and I was like okay he uses Ableton and he makes the craziest music I've ever heard. So like, I have to use Ableton. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer.
1: Yeah. There are a lot worse idols than Kanye music. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I like, I was like, if, if this dude is using Ableton, that is the only thing I want to be mm-hmm. on. And, um, like coincidentally, that's what Evan and was using. So, uh, that's also part of why I latched to Evan. I feel like is because, he was the only person I'd ever met who had like a good amount of experience with that specific software. Like if he, like, if he was showing me fruity loops or something, I would have been like interested in learning, but I don't think I would have, uh, I don't think I would have been over there as much. I don't think I would have been quite as interested. That's just like a personal thing. Cause I've, I don't know. I've tried other softwares and they don't, they don't let me do like things like Ableton, if you can think of something you want to do, I guarantee there's some shortcut to do it. Like you could watch tutorials on it for days on end and never stop learning something new. And so I just appreciated that. I thought it was cool. It's just a pretty versatile software. Uh, and once you figure it out, it's easy to use, you download it. And then you like, see like, Oh, it's intimidating. There's like so many buttons and so many like arrows and knobs and everything. And, uh, drop downs and but once you like just take some time and just like click things one by one or have even like have someone there behind you to tell you little things here and there it's really not that hard to figure out I, I was making beats on Ableton within like two months of having it and then everything after that was just getting better but I was able to navigate the software pretty quickly and I don't know some people aren't like Maybe I'm, I just was a quick learner on it, but I feel like I, I'd be giving myself too much credit. Cause I think anybody, if you really wanted to could sit down and figure it out, it's really not that hard. And you don't have to know how to do all that crazy stuff to make something, you know, like I don't know, you can take pretty simple knowledge of it and put a four, four beat together that you think sounds good and you can use it for whatever you need, you know, and it's not that hard to hook up a mic and record vocals i mean it's hard to make it sound good if you really want it to sound good but a lot of people just if you're just getting started and you're just practicing it's not that hard to figure out
1: and what's a 4-4 beat for those of us that know absolutely nothing
2: oh man it's that's so weird because i feel like it's pretty ingrained in me because i've been playing drums for so long but to that's a good that's good to have to explain something like that it's like just counting to four in time like on a steady beat like a metronome like beats per minute you know like Mm -hmm. if i say 85 bpm that's like one two three four like that looks like beats on a a certain time to put that many beats in a 60 second period so Mm -hmm. so if i say on a four four beat it's like one, two, three, four, one, two three, four. And if it's like three, four, it'd be one, two, three, one, two, three. So four, four beat is just like basically any song you hear on the radio is probably a four, four beat. It's just like,
1: that's just that common. Yeah. It's just, cadence it's just the know.
2: standard, uh, structure of songs. I feel like, so do you, I don't know how, do you like to record it, outside yeah. of four, four sometimes? Yeah. Uh, d- it just depends. And I don't know. It's also interesting because once you like get familiar with the software, you can, you can have the, the software like set up for a 4-4 four, four beat. But if you just like know where to place things in the grid, you can make it whatever time signature you want. So it's, I don't know. I, I catch myself sometimes not really paying attention to the time signature I'm in and just listening to the metronome. And as long as something like hits on the metronome beat, then it doesn't matter to me as much. I you know.
1: But you also intentionally kind of like to break the mold with your music. Yeah. You started liking producers that do that and you're yeah. not trying to make pop music, you're trying to make something unique.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like if you're if you're just trying to make some some basic pop music, then yeah, it'd just be like kick, snare, kick, snare, kick, snare with what other instruments you want to put Probably on, on there. a four four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean that's what that was. You just then you can throw what other instruments on. A lot of pop music uses syncopation though, and that's like where you hit upbeats, like, like you know when you're like hear a, a song and it's like doom pa doom pa doom pa doom pa, pa, pa that like second snare that syncopation because you're like you're hitting it on an upbeat, and so I mean if you if you have drums in a four four and then you throw like random other instrument stabs and like do a syncopated rhythm on top of that, you can get like. You can get music that makes you want to, like, nod your head and, like, gives you something to dance to. It's cool.
1: So I've personally downloaded Ableton at your recommendation because you sent me some of the beats that you were making. And I was like,
2: oh, I want to do this. This is
1: cool. Yeah. And probably, like, anybody else that's ever downloaded, like, the free trials of Ableton or some of these other softwares looks at all of those knobs and goes, nah. Yeah. Like, I watched tutorials, and it was just so overwhelming. And I'm pretty sure I uninstalled it within the week. Just like, <laughs> this is time that I have, but cannot bring myself to spend. And to your point, maybe if somebody had told me up front, like, when you download this, just know that you're maybe two months away from actually creating a beat. That probably would have been super helpful for me to know. And I wouldn't have been so intimidated right away. I would yeah. have had better expectations. Um,
2: Do you think s- you felt pressure from that right when you downloaded it?
1: I was just so overwhelmed with all of the stuff as like, how could anybody learn this and make a beat? And everybody I knew had been doing it for a long time. Like by the time, like you and you were showing me your beats, you probably been doing years. it a few years even. So I was like, I don't want to be a few years away from making a basic beat. Um, I guess the question that I'm going for is what else would you tell somebody like when they first download something like Ableton to prepare themselves for?
2: Ooh. Um, be prepared to make a lot of stuff that sucks, man. Like, (laughs) like be prepared to also, you know, man, something that, that I was, uh, that confuses me a lot every now and then. I mean, it still happens if I get a new piece of equipment that I've never used before. I just, I don't get frustrated at this point. I I just, when it happens, I understand. And I'm like, okay, I figure it out. But like, you'll, you'll put an audio effect on and it won't make much of a difference. Like you'll, you'll say you record your voice and you're like, I want this, to sound like bassier and you put an effect on there to do that. And it doesn't make it sound like it doesn't work. It doesn't make it give it the effect you want. And there's a lot of knobs and you start turning them just to see what happens. And it, it makes it sound completely different, but like in the wrong direction, it's just like, you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of like, perseverance when it comes to like learning how to use all the audio effects and all the software like all everything that the software has to offer it, it just takes a lot of paying attention to what things do and like also i get confused because like like all the knobs have labels right and they're like crazy words like like flanger like what is that right <laughs> yeah. like yeah <laughs> like well like what what is that uh And then, and so that I would get caught up on that and I would, I would read it and be like, okay, like, what is this doing? But I feel like it helped me when I stopped paying attention to what the thing said, I would just like close my eyes and turn the knob and listen to the sound and like, see, how is this actually affecting the sound? Like, does it sound like it's stretching the sound? Does it sound like it's making it louder? Is like, is this going in the direction that I want it to, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I don't know. I would just, be prepared to spend a lot of time familiarizing yourself with your equipment. And because if not, like you might make something, but you're also going to spend a lot of time being frustrated. And I was in the same boat that you are. Cause like before I I had Ableton and started using it, I downloaded it. Like, I don't know, probably a year before that. And, uh and same thing. I opened it up because I really wanted to. And I like, I still had like the, the goals to be a producer and I, I, opened Ableton after I first downloaded it and I saw the software, I clicked one thing and I was like, this is not for me <laughs> and I, I deleted it, didn't know what to do. Uh, um, and then like a year later when I actually had someone who like could show me a thing or two, uh, I was lucky to have that. Cause I mean, a lot of people pick it up and, and don't have someone to help them out and you're right. They get frustrated and they, they want to not do it, but it's so worth it to do it. You just got to like, It's just about being patient, you know? And not every song you make is going to, like, be amazing, you know? So, just be patient, I would say. Do you have... And be prepared to spend a lot of money, too, sometimes. You don't have to, but... uh, I don't know. And I wouldn't do it right away, but... If you, if you do it and you do it like for a year and, or year and a half or whatever, and you decide like, Hey, I actually like this. That's, that's the point when I feel like it's worth just start like getting better equipment and everything. Cause the stuff I I won't, I'm like, I praise Ableton. I think the stuff that they, uh, start you out with all the instruments and audio effects, they're great, but you're going to get hungry for something else at some point. And, uh, and it's, it's not exactly cheap for the great stuff.
0: Do you have any effects that, uh, like you use in every beat you put together? Like they're, they're part of your, your arsenal. Yeah.
2: Like go-tos. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got a few. This, there's one that it's, um, MJ UCR. It's a, it's a compressor. Let me see. I can pull up the exact name of it. This clang helm, uh, M J U C Junior. It's a great compressor. I like that one a lot. Uh, and then there, I use Contact Five. Contact Five is crazy because it's it's like a whole software within a software. Because you you download it and it and it goes into Ableton like a plugin. But then once you open it inside of Ableton, it opens another window and you have a whole list of instruments in there and every, you can't like, like every instrument in there is contact specific. Like you can't get them outside of contact. And I, all of my like high quality instruments and uh, audio effects I get from there. And I think they're they're It's really cool. So I would push contact five and it's a little tricky at first, but again, it's not that hard once you put the time in contact and then waves, plugins waves are great. Uh waves has these plugins that are super cool and super simple. They're called one knobs and it's, you know, like how I was talking about you open some audio effects and it'll like have a whole wall of knobs and things for you. And it's like kind of confusing. These one knob ones are so cool because it's like a collection. They have one knob uh like fatter, which makes it like bassier. They have one knob pumper that like makes like, if I have it like a, like a, synth that's just like, if you put the pumper on there, it makes it like, or like at whatever interval you want it. And, uh, they're, it's cool because they're really, really high quality effects and they, uh, they made it. So it's only one knob that you turn up and down. And I think I would push those for anybody. They sound great and they're super easy to use. Like anybody could, uh, they're like one knob louder is great because like how many times am I sitting there working on a beat and I'm like, man, I wish this was louder. I wish they made something for that. <laughs> and I just go put this, this one knob, it's like one button that just bang instantly louder. And uh, uh yeah, that's a great effect. So I, I push waves plugins and there's like a million, I mean, waves, you, you could pretty anything you could want waves uses, but I use that compressor a lot, clang helm, I, I just call it the Mujic jur because that's what it looks like on the, that's what the letters look like typed out, but it's not, it, it, I would, I would say in junior, probably. Uh, someone might think I'm an idiot for that, but I'm not sure. But <laughs> cause I I've only read it. I've never heard anyone say it. I've only read it. Um, but that's a great plugin. Uh, Tal reverbs T a L all caps. Uh, it's, it stands for Togu audio live our audio line and, uh, their reverbs are great. I like the, the Tao reverb, uh, four is, is really awesome. And the tower reverb two is, is really good too. And it's free. And, uh, for a while I, I do, I think the tower reverb uh, four is better because it's simpler and it, uh, it's a little more subtle, but for a while I was convinced the tower reverb two was better than it and it's free and it, it's, it's a great plugin. So before I wanted to spend some money, I used that. And I'll provide some links uh, where you can go and get free, good quality instruments, samples, and plugins. Um, whenever I started, Evan recommended this place to me, Bedroom Producers Blog. And I used that a lot uh, when I was first starting. And they, they like it's constantly updated with free stuff all the time. And it's samples and everything else you could want plugins uh, instruments, anything. It's amazing. Really my go-tos are that compressor, all those one knobs. And then that, um, the towel reverbs. I also, whenever I first started, I, I was like the kind of dude who would like, I would put an instrument on and then put like an effects rack with like 25 audio effects on there to the point where it just sounded like you couldn't even tell what each individual effect was doing. And, uh, that was part of the reason I did that was because I didn't really know what any of them did. And I was just trying to learn. That was just like me experimenting. But now that I've gotten like a decent idea of like what each effect does, I I've calmed down a lot more. So I just don't use as many audio effects. I made the mistake early of just loading my computer up with as many, uh, different effects and samples that I could. And I, I've, would use all of them and not master any of them. And uh, I I've learned like over the years that I think it's way better to have a smaller library of instruments and samples and just know how to use them really well. Like, so I've got like, whenever I want to make a beat, like I can make a beat that I'm proud of in like 15 minutes. And I I know exactly what instruments I'm going to go to, to use every single time. Uh, Like, So So
0: for those listening at home and also for me, mostly, what does a compressor do?
2: Man, that is, that is a hard question to answer. Not for like someone who's been doing it for like 20 years, probably. But for me, I don't, I don't know exactly what it does to the sound wave, but uh, it, it, it almost, I think it almost puts whatever sound it it's on behind the rest and with, cause there's normally like a few knobs that like you'll, but generally you'll see makeup and, uh, compress. So I'll pull I'll pull mine up real quick. Yeah. You'll have compress and makeup and you, if you turn up the compress knob, it makes it really, really quiet. So it makes the sound like smaller, but then you turn the makeup knob up and it, and it makes it louder and makes it punch through the rest of the song. So you won't like, it won't be louder all the time, but say like, I like to put it on kicks cause I like my kicks to mm, 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 like have that punch. Uh, and so like, I'll, I'll have like a really like loud kick that's kind of overpowering the rest of the stuff. And I put a compressor on it and turn the compress knob up to like bring it down to like a reasonable level. And then I'll turn the makeup up. So it's quieter, but it still has that punch, you know, like it still like hits you in the chest. Okay. That's cool.
1: So what are some of these jargon terms yeah, that like you're what? referring to? Like what? Not necessarily any specifics, but for people who have never done any music production, what are some terms that they need to learn?
2: Oh, dude. Um, I mean, have you heard any that I've said that, that you want to know the definition to? Uh,
1: reverb, for example?
2: Um, reverb, Uh, it's almost like, I mean, you know, like if you go in a tunnel and like you like and you yell, you hear your voice, like if you say, ah, you hear the... Uh, like you hear all the like the airiness and like, like you the your, echo? your voice carry that's what reverb is. yeah like yeah I I was gonna say echo but I feel like echo is a little bit okay. more like delay what's the
0: difference between reverb and delay
2: Uh, well reverb is just makes your voice like it makes not I mean not just your voice whatever you put it on it makes it like last longer and makes it hang in the air like if I hit a snare with a reverb it's gonna be shh and you hear like the def- like diffusing sound after the hit snare hit you know uh and if there's no reverb it's just pop, and it just ends like you hear no sound after the snare hit but if i put a delay on it then you'll hear this you'll hear the the hit like happen multiple times like an echo like if i hit a snare you'll hear it like you'll hear it multiple yeah. times you see what i'm saying like it so yeah it it just it makes it happen more than once kind of they generally get quieter though, like with each hit that you hear. You're talking, and people use them a lot together. Honestly, like the go-to rap vocals audio effect rack, like, is just delay and reverb. Like if you if you someone raps a rap verse, it'd be kind of like ridiculous to not put delay and reverb on it. Can, like if you're talking about like today's music standards, like the just the general practice of today. Everybody just wants to land reverb. On you, their you can vocals. tell me this
0: is wrong. I don't know. When I first started playing electric okay. guitar, when I first started like actually getting good, what someone told me was was yeah. like the most important pedals to have are reverb and delay. Those are, like the first the first pedals I <laughs> yeah, got were exactly. reverb and delay it was like, oh, that's what I need. Is yeah. I'm going to start. That's where I start. I start somewhere. Reverb and delay pedals. So
2: I think it's because you can really you can make anything listenable with those two effects. Like you can make anything sound good if you put reverb and delay on it. Uh, And I think when you start branching out to other effects, you can make things sound good with them, but you have to know more specifically what you're going to do with it to make it sound good. Because you don't really have to do much to a delay and a reverb. If you throw it on a guitar, it's going to sound like a dream probably. But if I, if I go and throw an overdrive on there, it might not be like, as nice to hear as regular you know as you want it to sound i don't know it just kind of yeah depends i've, on what I've you're made going that mistake for. before and for for st- <laughs> for making just like for just standard making music delay and reverb are pretty good and uh like you can live without other effects but like if like so like if i had a delay in a reverb i might think at some point dang like i want a chorus or i want an overdrive you know but if I only had those two, like an, if I only had an overdrive, I would be thinking I need a delay and gotcha. reverb, not I want it. Mm-hmm. But you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So those fit into
0: your arsenal of like um, you don't even consider them as optional.
1: Yeah, not not really. Um, Is there anything else that's not optional?
2: Um, if you're mastering, like, I don't know, compressors and limiters are both pretty pretty – what you need you need those. You need a, a compressor limiter? and a limiter. And Ableton has great limiter, you put it on last and it uh it I mean it does exactly what it sounds like. It it you can limit the volume to you can make you can make uh the volume cap out at a certain point and then boost the volume within that range. So if I uh if I put a limiter on and have it cap out at um like I don't know like negative six decibels and then, uh, boost the volume. It'll never go above negative six decibels, but it will sound like all the sound will sound bigger within that range. Does that make sense? So, I mean, if you overdo it, you can make it sound really, really distorted that way and it won't sound good. Uh, but once you learn how to use them, they're, they're pretty necessary for mastering something properly because a lot of the times you'll you'll make a track and you'll be like okay this is really cool and it's like it's done and it seems like it's mixed well but it's just not loud enough like to release so then you put like a compressor and a limiter on it and and make it like appropriately loud cuz it sucks whenever you you make something and then put it out there and then you go listen to it in your friend's car and <laughs> it's like you got they have to turn the volume all the way up to hear what to hear it even a little bit, you know. So that that's what you're trying to avoid whenever you put those things on there. At least that's what I am. I'm trying to avoid uh my my stuff not being the right volume level. Is the car a pretty common test of a of a track? <laughs> I would say so. I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everybody who I know who likes to to listen to music, who makes music likes to like listen to it in the car or like they'll send me beats and, I'm, and they're like play it in the car play it in the car and like i'll tell them the same thing whenever i send them beats so maybe that's just with my friends but i bet if we did a poll that most producers would be wanting to play it in the car and think about it that's where you listen to your music you know? yeah like, that's where most people that's where you to. want like that's where you want music to sound good and like i would say like the, the club or something but like first off how am i going to like go to a club and be like hey can i test my beats on your on your speakers ideally uh, with 400 uh, people in there yeah and also like people are drunk at clubs and music is loud anyways so like i feel like it matters less in a scenario like that cuz it's just so mm-hmm. much other noise going on so i like i imagine my stuff being played in the car so that's where i listen to it but it's always helpful i'll even i listen to it off my iphone I'll make sure I like, cause I mean, I know a lot of people who just like don't have a speaker or don't care enough. And they just like, will play music on their phone while they're drawing or like doing work or walking around. And like, I want my music to sound good in that scenario too. You know, I don't, I want, I don't want there to be a speaker that you play my music on that. It sounds bad, you know? So I tested on Bluetooth speakers, car, uh different cars too. Like I, I listened to it and, I don't know as many speakers as I can. And I always am taking note of like, dang, like in this speaker, like it was the, the bass was way too loud on this one or, Oh, uh, it wasn't loud enough on this one. It's just,
1: yeah. And I know um, this may be a little off topic, but I know Donald Glover's stand up. he mentions that like he was, he made a track and he was listening to the track in his car to (laughs) see how it sounded. So I I feel like that's actually
2: kind of common. If I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, dude, I think that's the best place Um, to do it is there
0: a song like what or a beat that like, what's the shortest you've ever been able to produce one you really liked in and what's like the longest it's ever taken you to, to put together a song that you really liked?
2: Oh, dang. That's a good question. Um, it, It's crazy. Cause like some of my favorite beats have taken me like, I, I I say like five minutes and that's exaggerating. So, but like realistically, I mean, still some of my favorite beats have taken like 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then I've had some beats that I've put in like 10 hours of work and I'm like, this is horrible. <laughs> uh, but I've also put in like 10 plus hours on a beat and have it come out amazing. So I, I feel like the the time it takes to make a good track is like, or I don't know, maybe the, the, what I'm trying to say, the amount of time isn't what's important. It just like, cause it could go either way. And uh, I also think the the longer that I spend on a beat, the harder it is for me to tell if it's actually good or not you know cuz like i'll make something and like in and and I'll, I'll make like a like a simple like template for a beat in like 10 minutes and I'll be like okay this is cool and then I'll spend 3 hours like messing with it and by the end I'm like I can't tell if this is better or worse can yes, i make this.
1: this any cooler yeah
2: and that's when like other people come into play that's when i send it around and I'm like hey is like what do you think that's like and that's I don't know go, we kind of came full circle that's why I want to move into live recording is because I want I want that instant feedback the collaboration. Yeah. Like the, exactly the collaboration. I want, I want to connect with people. So how it.
0: much have you dabbled into live recording? You said you started a little bit with it before and now you're getting back into it. So how I, have you finished a full song yet? Have you, you know, what, what does that look like?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've like, I, I've never recorded a, a full live track by myself. Uh, on, like on my own computer, but I've, I've been a part of recording live tracks, you know, like recorded drums with people and uh, helped different friends record things. Um, but I really haven't done it that much. And most of the live recording that I've done in my own personal time has been vocals or has been me like recording sounds because I'll, I'll like be chilling and I'll hear a sound and I'll be like, dang, I want to sample that. I want that in a song. So I'll just turn my mic on and like crush a soda can or something like that. You know? So I haven't, I haven't, I I don't know. I can't say that I have too much experience doing any live instruments completely by myself. Cool. So we, we've kind
0: of gone around this a little bit. We've, it's kind of happened a little bit. We, we you know, to go a little more in someone listens to this, they're like, dang, John Foster. So cool. I want to follow his footsteps and start, making electronic music. And so they, you know, let's say they go to you. Uh, what, what, what would you tell them? Like, what were the steps you'd give them right now to get started?
2: Um, I wouldn't just tell them get Ableton. I, I would, I would probably mention it because that's what I do, but I would just say, look at all the options for Dawes and pick which one seems right to you. And then, immediately start trying to get friends that know what they're doing, you know, like, even if it has to be through social media, the internet or anything, if you don't have anybody in your direct circle that knows what they're doing, find somebody and ask a lot of questions, watch tutorials. And I mean, I, I keep saying watch tutorials and I do that. Uh, but personally, I, I it's harder for me because I like the conversation aspect of it and you can't have a conversation (laughs) with a YouTube video. So I, so I would advise, like find somebody who's doing it, you know, find someone that you could talk to and who is willing to help you. And uh, yeah, that's what I would say. That's, that's the big first step is pick a software and find someone who would be willing to help you with it. I would not never, I would not advise going and just automatically throwing money at this because it's not an instant gratification thing it takes a long time and you also like if you just start throwing money at it you're you're not like whenever you actually get good and you realize the things you need you're gonna turn around and see things you spent money on and be like (laughs) i did not need any of this so i so i would i would take your time like getting an idea of of how to use the equipment you already have and then i would get an idea of the kind of music or kind of any, whatever you're working on, just figure out what you want to make and get the best equipment for that specifically.
1: And I know you already mentioned the bedroom producer blog and YouTube, but where else do you personally go whenever you're looking to learn more?
2: I hate to say it, but I read it is so helpful. Reddit is so helpful. Like Uh, you, you can find, you don't even have to like be a community member on there or whatever. You can just like, you could, any question you have, you can type it and then type Reddit at the end of it. And a link will pop up, guarantee it, uh, with someone who's either got a link for you or someone who's had this same question. So I, I even like currently I use Reddit when I have questions, veteran producers blog, uh, YouTube is great. Reddit and, uh, and This isn't like a a help thing, but there's a great website that I found recently that if you're into sampling specifically, it's called Splice and it's uh, $7.99 a month, which I mean, it sucks to have to pay for something. And I just said, (laughs) don't go spending money, but this is is something I could advise because it's $7.99 a month and I think you get like a hundred free samples a month or something and they're super high quality, like they're great. Uh, and that website is really, really cool. So I would, it would, and you could cancel it at any time. So like, uh, you could even, I did it the first time I paid for it and then canceled my subscription. so I got my month's worth and then you got a
1: hundred samples. Yeah.
2: And then I didn't get it again. So if you ever want to, you could just do it that way and, uh,
1: built like a little baby library.
2: Mm-hmm. And again, like I, I would not go and get like, the biggest sample library possible. Cause that, that's another mistake I made. Like right at the beginning, uh, I, I like got, I got a sample library that would like, it, it was man, it, like it was so big that like, if I were to scroll through the whole thing, it would take me like, like 15 minutes of straight scrolling. Like it was, it, it was ridiculous. And, uh, And like, at first it was cool. It was like, like opening, like a, like getting a gift, like at Christmas, like you don't know what's all in there. You're excited and you're like, oh, I could use this here and there. And you just want to like look through it all. And then like, you realize like, yeah, like all these are cool, but when am I going to have time or like patience to use 10,000 samples or however many it is? So like, I don't know. I would just pick the good ones, you know? I don't know.
1: So I feel like we've talked a lot about software so far. Yeah. Is there any hardware that somebody needs to get if they want to probably not to start off right away but yeah. if they maybe want to start making some of their own recordings? Yeah, what, uh, yeah.
2: What um, would you recommend? The the Scarlett 2i2 is like that's the audio interface I use and like I'm not alone in that. That's the audio interface that like a whole lot of people use and it's great. It's it's it works like I don't know. does everything I need.
1: What is an audio interface used for, for uh, those of us that don't know?
2: That's what you plug your microphone into, assuming you're not using a USB mic, which that's a that's a good step is to get, like, I don't know. If you're first starting, there's no, like, shame. And, you know, I mean, when I, the first recording I ever did was I plugged my Xbox mic into my old laptop and recorded vocals. So there's no shame in whatever setup you have right now. Uh, everybody's got to start somewhere. But whenever you are really deciding that this is something I want to do. Like you want to get an audio interface that you can plug an XLR mic into. And the XLR is like the kind of cable that those microphones use. Is
1: that like what a stage mic would use? Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: just like basic microphone. Um, and so the audio interface, you, you plug mics or, I mean, you don't even have to be mics cause you can plug guitars. You can plug anything that's that, that you're trying to record into that. And then you plug that into your computer And so it, it, it just, it makes it sound way better than plugging everything straight into your computer. Somehow the, the audio interface is just, it just makes everything sound better.
1: And so if somebody were looking to record live, you would say audio interface should be their first purchase pretty much.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, there's not, I mean, there is a point that makes everything sound better regardless, but. Also, I wouldn't buy that unless you're ready to buy a microphone or a guitar that you're going to record at the same time, because um once you have that, I mean, you're going to be sitting there like, why do I have this if I don't even have the, <laughs> the microphone to record? Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so, so maybe the second thing you buy. Yeah, I would say, yeah, uh, yeah I would say a Scarlett 2i2 uh, audio interface is a great start. And then um when you really get serious, oh my bad. when you really get serious um the it's it's time to start looking at like studio monitors because whatever speakers you have again like they're cool for now but at some point you're going to be like sitting there thinking i want to hear this on speakers that like sound good you know
1: and studio monitors are those like speakers you plug in or headphones or what what are studio monitors
2: they're they're those they're big speakers that that Generally, you have them on stands. It's they sound the best if they're like not sitting on like a flat surface. And uh, because of like spatial issues right now, I have mine on my desk, but they sound way better at, on stands. And if you go into a professional studio, they're generally like on a like a like a pedestal kind of thing. Um, but so yeah, I would, monitors are just like good speakers. The ones that I have are KRK Rocket Fives, and they're great. Uh, it's I think it's like two fifty for the pair. That's, I think that's what I paid. Maybe let me. I'll look it up. I want to confirm that price because I think it's like two fifty. To... And we'll
1: link the probably the Amazon links to some of these items you've recommended yeah, in case somebody but, ever wants to get to that later.
2: That'd be a good idea. Um, and you can the Rocket Fives are, are are good. And if you have more money to spend than that, then yeah, okay. So I'm sorry. It, it would be three hundred. They're one hundred and fifty dollars for one speaker, and you would generally want to.
1: Yeah, so it would be for stereo. yeah,
2: yeah, you can have one, but I mean, I recommend buying two. Um, but so, yeah, uh, KRK Rocket Five studio monitors, that's what I use, and I think that they they make me happy. Um, and I think I waited a while to do that too because I just got those, uh, within the last year and I've been doing this for like five years, and so I was kind of late to the party. Like, I feel like if if you've been doing it for like two years and you're, you're happy with what you've been making and you're trying to take it seriously, I would go ahead and pull the trigger. I would get it. I would get monitors an audio interface and a mic.
1: All right. Well, I feel like you've given us quite a bit to process here. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be on here with us.
2: Oh yeah. No, dude, I was excited. I'm, I'm thank y'all for having me. We'll link all of
1: the, all of the stuff that you talked about. Uh, We'll also link your SoundCloud. And if anybody, you know, wants to go listen to some of John Foster's work, he was also our intro and our outro (laughs) on this podcast. And we're really glad he took the time to be on this episode with us. Thanks again, John Foster.
0: Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, any suggestions for future episodes, or would like to be an expert on our show, please email us at 101guidetolife at gmail.com or send us a voice recording through Anchor.